0: you will notice that the colors have changed in the church from white to green as we have concluded the great celebration of Eastertide, of Pentecost, and of Trinity Sunday. And we're now into what is sometimes, I think a little disappointingly, called ordinary time, because uh, there really is no ordinary time with God. But nevertheless, that's one of the terms for this longish season, where we uh, have green as our liturgical color. And our focus in our scripture studies are on the works of Jesus Christ. And if you uh, look at the lectionary of the church, you know that it goes in a three-year cycle. And this time of year, we're in the proper season, the proper, propers are numbered. So the, in other words, the proper, litur- the proper reading of the day Today is, starts with proper seven, and that is because uh, depending on when Easter falls, we have uh, more, more or fewer um, Sundays at the beginning. So this year we begin with number seven. And those leftover numbers get to be recycled during the Epiphany season. So it all works out. We get to hear the scriptures no matter what. But that lesson is over, and now we talk about um, about Jesus and what he is doing in our lives today and what he was doing at the time of his life here on earth. And in today's gospel reading, we hear one of the most dramatic stories in all of scriptures. I remember as a child, there was a film, I think it came out around Easter time, about the life of Jesus, and there was this scene uh, with Jesus casting out the demons from the man Uh, of uh, the Gerasenes and all the demons going into the pigs and this scene of all these hundreds of swine rushing down a hill and off into the water, and it was a little terrifying. But, so you see this, Jesus is just sort of going along his way, and he's in a boat, as he often is, because he lived a great deal of his life right there at the Sea of Galilee. And he goes across to the country of the Gerasenes opposite Galilee. Um, today, that is what we would call the Golan Heights, and it is, uh, to this day, sort of a contested bit of territory. It was in the possession of, uh, of uh, Jordan, and then in the 1969 war, it became part of Israeli territory. But even today, if you look on a map, there are sort of dotted lines around it because uh, it is, as I say, contested to this day. And so even at the time of Jesus, there was a lot going on in this region. And so he goes over to the opposite side of the lake and is immediately encountered by a man who is possessed by demons. Has this ever happened to you where you're sort of going along your way and you are expecting, you know, just an ordinary day or an ordinary moment and you turn a corner or go into a room and somebody is right there in front of you and just wants to to talk your ear off or surprises you in some way. I imagine that must be sort of what Jesus was feeling when he just got off the boat and here's this man. And the man was known to be possessed. He had no clothes. He was often um, restrained with shackles and uh, chains, but the demons gave him apparently great strength and he was able to break the bonds and the demon would drive him into the wilderness. The demons would drive him into the wilderness. And so he was sort of a, a public menace, if you will. Um, people didn't know what to do with him. So instead of running away, interestingly, though, he confronts Jesus the minute he steps on to land and asks him, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. Now, this isn't the first time when someone who was possessed by demons uh, spoke or the demon spoke through the person's uh, voice and named Jesus the Son of God. You know, remember, Jesus oftentimes was, uh, was quiet about his identity and wanted to sort of reveal that on his own terms or on God's terms, but uh, he was called out in this case and the demons beg him for mercy they know what he's going to do and they don't want to be sent back into the abyss and so they beg him please let us go into these pigs and jesus allows them to go into the pigs and they the legion of demons causes the pigs to jump off the cliff everyone is terrified the swine herds run to town and tell everybody what has happened and I wonder about these poor swine herds because they've just lost their livelihood. Uh, so they must not have been very happy about that. But it's an incredibly dramatic uh, story of healing. So after the pigs died, I don't know what became of the demons either. We don't uh, hear that part of the story. But what we do hear is that when everybody sort of comes to and calms down, what they find is the man who had been naked and possessed and out of his mind, sitting clothed at the feet of Jesus in his right mind. And instead of being overjoyed that this man was healed, they were terrified, and they sent Jesus away. But the man who had been possessed wasn't terrified. He was very grateful, and he, in fact, wanted to join Jesus as one of his disciples. But Jesus told him, return to your home now and declare how much God has done for you. And so he did. But this is, it, it echoes, I think, the, the reading we had from the Old Testament today in which, uh, in which God is displeased with his people because they have turned their back on him Not only have they turned their back on him, but they're actively uh, disobeying him. They're worshiping false gods in the wrong places, in the wrong way. And they think that they've misled themselves into believing that they are, in fact, quite holy in doing that. And so God vows to repay them for their deeds, but not everyone. There's a beautiful line at the end where the Lord says, As the wine is found in the cluster, they say, do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servant's sake and not destroy them all. So Jesus, whether he sought out this man or the man sought him out, didn't see a waste of flesh, didn't see someone who was a danger to society, didn't see someone who was less than human. He saw a blessing. He saw... An individual he saw a life and he through his power gave that man his life back now we might ourselves not be possessed by demons and we may not run into people who are possessed by demons on a, on a frequent basis I hope not but like Jesus because he's with us and we are his followers and we seek to emulate him in every way we can like Jesus, we can look for those people who are like the demoniac of the, G- the Gerasenes and look for those people who, whom the world has given up on, who are considered throwaway people, who are considered maybe less than human, not worth the time. And you can see in the news uh, all sorts of examples of this. But you don't have to look in the news, you can just see it on the streets of our cities and towns as well. People who are lost, people who need a healing touch, a loving glance, a kind word. So you see, it's not difficult. It's not that we have to perform huge miracles like Jesus did. We can perform these little miracles, these little kindnesses, these little acts of love that bring Jesus to people, that show Jesus to people, that show that we are his followers. Remember, he said to his disciples, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, they will know that you are my disciples, that you show love for one another. And so even that small thing is not always easy for us to do because we get caught up in our own lives and in our own egos and in our own wants and desires. And that can sometimes put blinders on our eyes. But thanks be to God, we have the Holy Scriptures, we have our worship and our liturgy and the sacraments, which we partake of week in, week out, year in, year out, which are a constant reminder to us to take those blinders off, to soften our hearts, to open our arms, and look for the blessing. In the cluster is the wine. Do not destroy it, for inside there is a blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.